Well, finally, somebody didn't die. The Stone on Air podcast in three, two, and one. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like, Brian. Yeah, Brian. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't change for anyone. Note to self, don't die. Welcome into the show. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Stone on Air podcast. There is a possibility that you are hearing this show on ChattanoogaTalks.com as well. On a Wednesday at 10 a.m., it is your midweek download destination. Could be here in the podcast on ChattanoogaTalks.com at another time in the week. Or you've just downloaded it to your mobile device, or you're at the SoundCloud page, or you're at StoneOnAir.com. It's the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. My buddies over at Hits 96, the unpredictable drive home with Brad Steiner, intern Alex, Brad Girl, Maddie Scoo, whichever person they found on the street daily that week. I don't know. Whatever, whatever inventions they're making or indie band Ivan shows up and does some stupid spit. I don't know. Whatever. Um, we're mocking me and making fun of me for saying that this is the most easily accessible show in the city. And they're like, I don't understand what that means. Well, it's because Brad and intern Alex, and maybe the rest of them do know more than them, I'm not sure, don't totally understand what podcasting really is. And they're just now beginning to get into it, even though I've been telling them for a very long time that they should, because it's a very good way to get your content out there and to be available in every nook and cranny of the internet, in every single app that can download podcasts, to be available everywhere is very, very important. And there's nobody in this city who has a show that they do on a weekly or any kind of regular basis that can be found as easily as this show can. And I think that's important. And I don't think anybody who wants to have a real argument could argue otherwise. But that's why I say it. It's the most downloaded, the most easily accessible, and the most listened to podcast in the city. And I thank you for finding the show. And I love you to death. Everybody over at Hits 96, you're the greatest ever. There you go. But now a new place to find the show is on uh, the website at chattingatalks.com. Also at yourtalkradionetwork.net, I think. Just go chattingatalks.com. It is a local Radio station online, basically. And it is a talk radio station, and there's a lot of crazies. Um, and there's a lot of not-so-crazies, and there's some good stuff on there and some not-so-good stuff on there. just depends on what your tastes are. 
I haven't worked for a radio station or worked in a capacity of a uh, rolling radio kind of situation where everything that went on every minute of the day I liked. But that's uh, that's a good thing. It's variety. Check it out. ChattanoogaTalks.com. And you can get this show every Wednesday at 10 a.m. If downloading isn't your thing, maybe you're still into just grabbing something that's, you know, that's live radio style online. You can do that. And coming up here in the next, I don't know, maybe two and a half, three weeks or so, I'm going to give a try of doing a week of live shows on there on ChattanoogaTalks.com. So we'll see how that goes. My buddy Paul I used to work with put this together and said, hey, would you, would, would you just... If nothing else, just lend your podcast to the website and to the feed, and I'll put it in there, and we'll run some promos, and we'll see if we can't get some listeners. And I said, that's a very good idea. Do I think that this will work? Do I think that it's going to be a really highly successful concept? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. But unless you try, you'll never know. So ChattanoogaTalks.com, you can find this podcast every Wednesday at 10 a.m., even better, you can get this podcast any second of your entire life, which is the whole point. Um, so my name is Brian. Thank you for being here. A few things I want to get to. This this show might be a little boring to some of you. Uh, it is Bonnaroo Wednesday, uh, June 7th, 2017. I am on my way to, uh, to Bonnaroo. By the time you hear this, I'll very likely already be there. And when I go, I always do lots of work, and I enjoy work. It's not in the definition of the word work that most people have to use in daily life. I love it. And I'm not going to do much of any work this year, and I'm actually a little bummed about it. It's because I didn't know I was going to have the media access I was going to have until about a week ago. And this show specifically, the podcast specifically, was not credentialed. I uh, was able to go through a friend who helped me out with that. So there is no expectation of any work to be done. So therefore, there won't be any work done. But I also, for the first year in a while, to kind of take it easy and just chill and actually have a little bit of a vacation-style weekend out of the deal sounds pretty cool, too. But I do plan on showing up um, Wednesday night and hanging out all day Thursday and going to do some work on Radio Bonnaroo, where that's the local station 101.5 in Manchester, Tennessee, and... Radio Bonnaroo compound backstage takes over that station and pretty much anybody who wants to, who knows anybody who will let them, can just kind of come in. It's like old school college radio. It's a lot of fun and I've done it three or four times and while I haven't talked to anybody yet, I have a, a, a pretty good feeling that once I get there, I'll be able to find the right people, most of which are people from Lightning 100 up in Nashville, and uh, uh, Acme uh, Internet uh, Radio out of Nashville as well. And so I look forward to that. So I'll I'll be tweeting that out. I'll flood social media like I normally do. And uh, just can't wait. So this episode of this show is going to be, I'm going to hate on some Riverbend. I'm doing this time last year shows. Started it about two weeks ago, and it'll run through the whole month. I'm digging up things from a year ago because an anniversary is right around the corner. And you're just a bitter guy, and you should just get over a gal. They're going to do their thing and say they're their stuff and I don't care about them. Um, it's just, I, I always do that kind of look backwards kind of thing. And I'm going to do that all month long and coming up in the stone's throw segment, I'm going to go back to a show I did at talk radio 102.3 last year, right about this time of year. It was in June. I don't know what day exactly. And I went off on Riverbend after 
begrudgingly the last few years, and then years before that, actually genuinely taking up for the festival, I've had enough. I've quit. I've given up. I am not on board with this stupid festival anymore. I think it sucks, and I'm tired of it. And I decided that last year, after Blackberry Smoke on the Coke stage, and after Humphreys McGee, both that year, two bands I really like, on the Coke stage, I've had enough. And I went off on it on the air, and guess what? Of course, Jeff Styles is in bed with Riverbend. The entire station, Scott Chase, one of the main people who was behind the the hacking of the Facebook page and the and the you know the the, the firing and all of that, big 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 Riverbend guys, you know, old boring losers that think that this stuff is really cool, and it's not. Is it somewhat fun? Can it be fun? Is it worth doing? Of course, yeah, yeah, that's fine. No problems there. But this, you know, defending it like it's some kind of hip and cutting edge kind of thing that uh, that the this city should continue to embrace is is a stupid argument. And I'm done. Ma- I I quit making that argument a year ago, and I spent 15 minutes or so on the air on on the radio station talking about it. Just another one of those things. Yeah, this guy, we pay him so little he doesn't care if he pisses anybody off. And uh, if telling the truth upsets people, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I, I don't mean that. I don't actually truly apologize. That's, that's what I do. And I'm not some shock jock under, you know, an investigative um, Robert T. Nash style guy. I'm just, I call him like I see him. And I'm not interested in whether you care about that or if, you're, if, it, if it upsets you. It doesn't bother me. And um, that bothers a lot of other people, especially in the establishment of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So it's kind of one of those, oh, well, there was another one. Yeah, call out the mayor. Yeah, call out the festival. Yeah, do this. Yeah, do that. Boom. We'll make up a reason to fire you. Well, after all, they are the frauds. Um, A quick look at this real quick. First of all, we'll talk to Predators for a minute. Man, what an incredible freaking time that is. I'll get to that in just a second. The final segment of the show, I'm going to tell some Bonnaroo stories and tell some of five to ten of my favorite performances over the last 15 years as I'm a lifer. I've been there every single year. But the 20 under 40 on uh, in the, I should say, in the Chatter Magazine I um I've always wanted since I was old enough to even understand what it was. I don't know if it's been around since I was 20 years old or not. The 20 under 40, basically 20 people under the age of 40 who are, you know, making some noise and doing some some good things in the city. I was like, "Man, I want to be that guy. I want to be in Chatter Magazine. I want to be a 20 under 40." Well, I only have 3 years left until I'm not qualified anymore. And I do not believe that I will ever grace this magazine. I don't hate on Chatter. I hate on City Dope, or sorry, City Scope magazine. It's punks in the golden age of uh, podcasting. Leave out a couple of the most popular podcasts in the city, but whatever. I don't hate on the Chatter magazine, and I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good little rag that's put together by the Times Free Press, and it's high quality. Pulled out some pages here as I was looking at the twenty under forty. And notice that a couple people that I, if I don't necessarily know well, I've at least had interactions and, and work, maybe even not much more than a working environment. But I look at some of these people and I see what they're doing. Of course, I'm not going to be in the 20 under 40. 
I'm a damn loser compared to, uh, well, lots of people, but certainly the people in this magazine. And I just wanted to call a couple out. Uh, David Martin, communications director for uh, Brightside Holdings, contributing opinion columnist for the Chattanooga Times Free Press. I've read his work at times. um, I've enjoyed it. I've interacted with him on Twitter before, and I thought that was pretty cool. He's my age, 37 years old. A handful of people that I just recognize barely, but I'm just going to the ones that I've actually met. Then there's uh, Alex, I think you say, I think it's, uh, ten, how do you say this? Tanish? Alex Tanish? Um, 29 years old, marketing and promotions manager for the Chattanooga Lookouts. If you've been to a game, you've seen him out on the dugouts and on the field doing the on-field promotions. And uh, impressive guy. The two times I've thrown out first pitches, one that was a disaster, threw it right into the ground. And the other time when I... Um, did it just fine and threw a strike right down the middle. He was uh, helping me with um, both of those. Peter Wolcock, 31 years old, director of Chattanooga Football Club Foundation's Operation Get. I tore that piece out. What does that say? Operation Get something. And the co-host of CFC Radio over at ESPN Radio 101.5. I was actually somewhat of a uh, consultant, if you will, on that show and on that idea. Tim Kelly and 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 Peter and um, Reed uh, Farnsley and some people that are involved with putting that together. I was pretty. I was happy to, that they asked me to come in to talk to them about putting together podcasts and radio shows and what I thought. And I thought that was pretty uh, pretty cool of them. And so I see he is in there as well. And then the biggest congratulations that I want to throw out to is a what has become a dear friend of mine in the last couple of years who will soon be the wife of one of my best friends, one of my oldest friends. This is Melissa Harrington. She is 32 years old, doctor of physical therapy and director of rehabilitation services with CHI Memorial, president of the Chattanooga Chai Omega House Corporation Board, vice president of membership for Junior League of Chattanooga, member and past president of Chattanooga Area Alumni Association of Chai Omega. Lots of stuff, man. Congratulations, Melissa Harrington, soon to be Melissa White, going to be marrying one of my oldest and dearest friends, Eric White. And when I see these people and I and I look at what they've done and I look at the things that they've accomplished in life, I realize there ain't no damn chance I'm ever going to be a 20, a 20 under 40 from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and Chatter Magazine. Heads up. Stone's throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? One thing I did forget to mention as I talked about the ChattanoogaTalks.com website and your talk radio network where this podcast will air uh, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time is that there will be a final segment that will air only on ChattanoogaTalks.com. So when you hear this as a downloadable podcast, you'll generally hear about a 30 to 37-ish minute podcast. Well, this will be closer to about 46 minutes, basically an entire hour with um, spots and commercials. Again, it's a rolling radio station at ChattanoogaTalks.com. It is 
like your typical radio station. So you'll get one final segment there that you won't get here. And that's just to try to help drive some traffic. I hope you check it out. And if you do, great. And if you don't, that is fine, too. Before I get out of here and get to the final segment of the show, I will, or of the podcast anyway, I will um, uh, talk a little bit more about the Predators. I was in Nashville the other night. Oh, my God. It was so freaking cool. I've done a lot of cool stuff in my life, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm just come right out and say it. I do lots of cool stuff. Now, I am a disaster in life in a lot of ways. And there's a good chance that you live your life probably in a better fashion than I do, technically. But I do a lot of really fun stuff. And there wasn't much I've ever done that was more fun than hanging out in the streets of Nashville for that uh, Game 3 of the Stanley Cup with the Predators and the Penguins. I'll talk more about that here at the tail end of this as we get on our way into the Stones throw segment, which is one of those this time last year's segments. And when I look back at being fired, which is almost a year ago now from Talk Radio 102.3, amateur hour, as I call it, amateur hour uh, 102.3, I start to look at some things that I was doing and realizing, oh, well, yeah, of course, now I'm beginning to understand why these frauds, you know, didn't want somebody around who was doing something that um, nobody else was really doing because I didn't have anything to lose except for the job. I was the one paid poverty wages. I was the one who who didn't have to rely on that disastrous company for my well-being. So I was kind of it was kind of freeing. It was kind of nice. It gave me the opportunity to not have to worry about getting fired the next day. Now, you know, worry in a sense that I'm screwed, I'm out of work. You know, I've always had the day job kind of thing. And so I, this was another one of those that I looked back and I was just killing this stupid Riverbend Festival, and it is just that. It's stupid as hell. And um, so I pulled up this segment from last year, and I figured I'd play it back and talk about it a little bit more as we're on the eve uh, almost of it. It's it's coming up this weekend, and depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it might be in the, right in the middle of it. It's too damn long, too, too, too many stupid bands that nobody wants to see. This city could put on an incredible festival, and this isn't that. This isn't that. This is a dumb, dumb festival. And one year ago on Fred the Show on Talk Radio 102.3, the most boring show in the city, I filled in for Jeff Styles and was talking about it that day. And once again, half that company's in bed with this company. If you're not on board, if you're not on board with everything we're doing, well, we'll figure out a way to get rid of you. The Coke stage is a freaking disaster. This stage is the worst stage in the country. You're getting bands that get up there and they don't understand why they're on this huge boat. You know, whatever you want to call it, barge. This big, huge thing. They look down. There's nobody there, especially for these early shows, especially when you get this kind of heat. Blackberry Smoke, one of the best up-and-coming Southern rock bands, made two comments that were very much like, hey, we're up here on the roof. How y'all, y'all down there? Hey, is anybody, is this... Is this microphone on? I mean, it was it was visibly frustrating. The Stone on Air podcast is what you're listening to, and you could be listening to it also at ChattanoogaLive.com each and every Wednesday at 10 a.m. So, yeah, Blackberry Smoke was very frustrated. You could tell that they were not uh, they were not enjoying themselves in in their in their setting, and probably didn't know what they were getting themselves into when they booked it. Energy is built through audience and performance performers synergy. The audience and the performers' synergy together helps make the energy of a show what it is. And this doesn't happen on this disastrous Coke stage. 
one year ago on Amateur Radio 102.3. Bands feed off of crowds, right? It electrifies the moment. Now, 38 Special doesn't because their crowd's sitting in a freaking lawn chair. Ario Speedwagon doesn't feed off a crowd because they don't have a crowd. But a, a, a hard-charging rock and roll band doesn't need their, doesn't want their crowd 200 feet away. And that's what's happened with this disastrous Coke stage. Just, I mean, it's terrible. And, and yes, at the Unum stage, you can get some great music. Driving and Crying is going to be on the Unum stage on the Friday before uh, fireworks night. And I'm going to be there. And it's going to be fun. But overall, this festival sucks. Um, Umphreys was a fun show. But I, I, I put some, some social media postings of that. And a few people who were just, I didn't even know, they were just random people who saw the post because of the hashtag said, what a bizarre stage that is. Is, is there even... Is there is there a pit? Are there people? Where are the people? And these are just strangers who just were just Umphreys McGee fans who were hashtagging you know Umphreys and asking these questions. This, this is an absurd stage. It's it's an absurd festival all the way around. It's absolutely absurd, and it's a carnival. It's a it's a county fair atmosphere, and uh, it's a big fat VIP party too. Is all, and I'll get to that here in just a second. But the Coke stage is absolutely absurd. This is one year ago on Talk Radio One Hundred Two Point Three. That stage has got to go. This thing's got to change. We've got to get down to like a five-day festival, put some actual quality talent on these stages that that people actually want to see. It's just not a practical layout. This is an absurd stage. It's it's an absurd festival all the way around. Shrink it down. Stop talking about how much money it doesn't cost. It only costs 45 Who People aren't concerned with that as much as you think they are. People will pay for high-quality entertainment. We don't need to shut down the, the the city for nine days, ten days, however many days it is. And, the, and that's the price of it. That, that They've been just priding themselves. The friends of the festival priding them. Oh, it only costs $40. Well, things that are worth a damn cost more than 40 bucks, bro. That's not a selling point. That's not a selling point to get high-quality individuals who enjoy high-quality entertainment. That's not how this works. It's the same thing that Frank Burke did with the d- damn lookouts for all those years. Oh, I never raised prices. Why not? I thought you were a businessman. Why haven't you raised the prices? You think you go from 7 bucks to 8 all of a sudden people are going to say, screw this, I'm not going to go anymore? It's not a selling point. How inexpensive you make a ticket to something isn't a selling point. It proves and shows that you have a crappy product that people will just randomly, no matter who they are, just kind of show up for no matter what, what it is. That's not a quality entertainment option, not for people who actually have brains that function correctly. My final thoughts from a year ago. And all the, the down front VIP stuff is fun when you got it. It is. It's a blast. And I had it twice. And I enjoyed every minute of it. It is a good place to be. It's alienating your actual your actual festival goers. It's alienating your your market, your your patrons. You're 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 alienating them. You're pushing them further and further away. It's a big VIP party where they invite you know the surrounding counties and say, hey, hopefully hopefully y'all have fun back there. You know, go buy some tokens. You know, make sure you go waste money on tokens. And even that's a ridiculous. What is this? A carnival? I mean, what is this? A county fair? Go buy some tokens. Enough. Enough. I've had enough of it. It's just not practical, and this county fair mentality is 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 just dumb. That's exactly what it is. It's small town stuff. It's small town, simple minded stuff that this city's better than, and this city deserves better than that. It deserves better than a county fair as its big yearly music festival. I mean, nightfall. 
I have a couple complaints, but not many. Overall, is a quality weekly music series. Um, let's let's look at things that like in 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 Louisville, Kentucky, and look at the Forecastle. Louisville, Kentucky is a very very comparable city to Chattanooga, Tennessee. The, we're not even in the same stratosphere when it comes to this this stupid riverbend thing. And as long as sixty and seventy year old men and women are involved with putting this thing together, you're going to continue to get boring, boring, lame ass results. This is the summer and the year twenty of twenty seventeen of slaying lame and exposing frauds. I'm tired of lameness, and that's what Riverbend is. And that being said, I'd like to do fun things, and there'll be a few shows there we're seeing, and I'll be there. I don't know what's going to give me any access for the damn this year, but that's fine because there are a couple things there at times you can. I know how to make Riverbend fun. That's because. I have a creative um, overall approach to things. I know how to make things, even when they suck, I know how to make them fun. So I'll still go. So when you see me, don't be like, hey, there's old hypocritical asshole Brian. No, I'm still going to go. Man, what a stupid... I'm not going to buy a, a, buy anything. I haven't given this damn place any money other than maybe a couple of beers, but I'm not even going to do that this year, so... All right, one year ago today, just another one of those reasons. I wonder what the hell made them want to hack my Facebook page and try to fire me. Oh, well, there's another reason potentially. Something, speaking of things that are not lame, let's speak of things that are not just just duller driven. The freaking Nashville Predators, man. I don't care if you are a, if, if, if you're a, a bandwagoner or not. I do not care. This is so much fun. And um, I'm going to be watching game, what is it, game five at Bonnaroo and game six. I'll be back in Nashville on Sunday, and let's go. Let's bring the cup to Nashville. It might not happen, but at least they're having a hell of a ride. When they score a goal, they got a lot of little rituals they do these days. They play that, uh, I don't know who sings a stupid-ass song. It's, I like it, I love it, I want some more of it, whoever the hell that is. And then they often, or not often, every time, then play Black Keys, Gold on the Ceiling. This song right here. And it's such an awesome song. And uh, I don't see anybody else hashtagging Gold on the Ceiling when they score on Twitter. But I know I am. So go uh, go Preds. At Stone on Air, speaking of which, if you're on Twitter or any social media, follow along, hang out. There's a very high likelihood I will hang out with you as well. Coming up next, Bonnaroo Stories from the last 15 years. As I have been there every single year since 2002, this will be my 16th year on the farm in Manchester, Tennessee. This is the most listened to, the most downloaded, and the most easily accessible show in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. Also, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on ChattanoogaTalks.com. This is the Stone On Air Podcast. They want to get my on the ceiling. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Brian Stone. Download it anywhere you get any of your podcasts. It's the most easily accessible show in the city. 
Probably the most easily accessible in the entire Southeast region. Stoneonair.com or streaming every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on ChattanoogaTalks.com. This is Portugal the Man. After you, I don't know what I believe in. After you, hell should be easy. From an album from a couple years ago. They'll be playing late night, Bonnaroo, Friday night at like 12.45 in the morning. Which is 1.45 Eastern. Now, I've been going to this festival for... This will be my 16th year. Going to a show at 12.45 in the morning, 10, 12, maybe even 7 or 8 years ago. Sounded fun. (laughs) It doesn't sound near as fun anymore. This segment, I'm going to talk about some um, past years at the festival. It really is my... uh, favorite place on earth I was texting with a friend of mine female married with kids or married with kid and uh, it was just one of those general texts and it said just you know like hey what's up or something like that I don't I don't know what started it and I said yeah I'll, I'll talk to you when I get back I'm about to leave for Bonnaroo for the weekend and she's like okay yeah that's cool I'm about to go to the happiest place on earth for the next however long. And so I my next text back to her was back to her, excuse me, was uh what? So you're going to Bonnaroo too? Meaning the joke is, I assume they're going to Walt Disney World or whatever. I don't they now what they call the happiest place on earth. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I've never been there. Um and uh and can't imagine that it would fall into that category for me, but uh, so, but it's my favorite place on the planet, and I, yeah, I get a lot of preferential preferential treatment there, and have it kind of made. But that's 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 not because I'm lucky, you know. That's that's not because I, uh, you know, am handed things. I've I've worked my ass off for a long time to get to that point, and uh, I didn't think it was going to be the case this year. But luckily, my festival karma is very very high. And I ended up getting uh, the media credential again this year. So I am I am as, ex- as excited as I could be. I have some great company going to be coming along for the ride. It's going to be a lot of fun. But so I figured for this last segment of the podcast, and it might run long, might roll into uh, the, uh, into the talks.com as well, let's talk about a few of these stories from over the years. Because the first time I went to Bonnaroo, I was 22 years old. You know, 22, now I'm 37. A lot of things have changed, not as many as you might think, actually. Um, for the first time in, a, in all these years, my car is uh, not going to be there. I've, I'm having some car trouble. Same, I've been driving the same car, had some of the same jobs, and live in basically the same place the entire time. I'm kind of a creature of habit. But in 2003, after I went in 2002, I jumped the fence on a Saturday night, had to see what the fuss was about, and was just mesmerized by the place. Mesmerized by that farm. And that vibe. 
and that camping scene and that and it was a jam band festival as most people who are listening to this probably already know but it started off as a jam band scene and it's uh you know it's gotten a long way away from that but so in 2003 I bought tickets I put in my entire year of preparation to go to Bonnaroo 2003 Neil Young was a headliner on Friday and uh, I don't remember who was Saturday. Uh, I don't remember who was headlining the other nights. I know Panic was probably whatever. It was Neil Young on Friday was what it's all about. And so I left town. I was meeting people who were already there who left on Thursday. Now, it, the festival starts now on Thursday. Back then, it started on Friday, and you left on Thursday. Well, now you leave on Wednesday, and it starts on Thursday. And so I left Thursday night at like midnight. Packed my car full of everything I needed, coolers, beer, and food, and all that. Um, but I didn't have any tents. I didn't have any camping gear because I had already sent that with the people I was going to meet. Now, again, I didn't know where I was going. This was only the first time, well, the first time I've been back since I jumped the fence the year before. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I sat uh, in, my, in my car for a while and I stopped at Wildwood, Georgia, Dade County exit. And I got an atlas, a freaking Rand McNally atlas. This is, I mean, we had cell phones, but that's all they did was make phone calls. And so I map out how I'm going to go around all of the the, the traffic I figured I'd run into because it, they figured that out and fixed that these days. There's still traffic problems, but they were historically bad. Back then, I figured I'm, I'm the smart guy here. I'm going to figure out how to go around this. And so I map it all the way around out, at like, and I start at like Winchester, which is on the Nashville side of Mont Eagle Mountain. And I get off the interstate on Winchester, and I'm starting to follow my map. Now, even as a young punk 23-year-old, I even then knew you don't do anything stupid on your way to Bonnaroo, meaning like drugs, or, um, you know, anything along those lines outside of, you know, you just, I mean, if you break the speed limit by a mile, you're already pushing your luck. So I'm in this rural county, think like Hazard County style. I don't even know where it is. I'd have to go find the, uh, the, the, the stuff I saved from, from then. And I, I'm driving down this road and I'm kind of, I'm totally lost. And I'm trying to look at the map and I'm swerving. And I get pulled over. And this guy comes up, the police officer, and says, you know, hey, uh, saw you swerving, just seeing what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, uh, man, I was trying to look at my map. I'm sorry. I wasn't that worried, but at 23 years old, you never, never quite remember what's underneath your seat. Never quite remember what's in that back seat somewhere. He's like, so where are you going? I was like, Bonnaroo. He's like, really? Where, um... Where's your camping gear? Where's, uh, where you plan on staying when you get there? And I'm like, oh, geez. All right. So automatically I look like I'm a drug dealer, right? I mean, this guy thinks he's got me dead to right. And I said, man, I'm meeting people there and I'm trying to get around this mess and I don't know what's going on here. And, uh, I'm just kind of lost and, you know, but, but there's a, you know, this is all logically explainable. So, well, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to trash this ticket. Don't worry. You know, I think I might have been speeding, whatever it was. But um, can we uh, can we search your car? And I went ahead and just said, you know what? 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I'm in the middle of nowhere county, Tennessee. If I say no, this is going to be a bad thing for me. So I said, fine. Next thing I know, there's five more cops that all show up at this spot. They bring dogs. They've got, I mean, their lights blaring. I mean, it's like a party. These guys are like, I mean, they're just, I mean, I can only imagine they're back in the car like, dude, we got ourselves a drug bust over here, guys. Come on, let's party. And so I go back and I stand by the cop car and I am nervous as hell, no doubt. And they're going through everything. They're pulling everything out of the car. The dogs are walking around the car and there's nothing to be found. And it was, I was so relieved. And after like an hour of all this, it was just like, all right, well, see you later. And, um, and I could just see the disappointment in their eyes. Like they thought they had themselves a massive, uh, revenue enhancement. They thought they, you know, they were big, you know what? And they didn't find anything. And I kind of like told you so. And I just went on my merry way. And at that point, I'm about 30 minutes from Manchester. I get into Manchester. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm There's cars everywhere, lines everywhere. I finally work my way into the line on Brushy Branch Road or Bushy Branch Road. And I'm thinking, okay. And then at this point, it's like 2, 3 in the morning. I think, all right, well, I'll be in here pretty soon. No big deal. And I got a cooler full of beer and food. So I start drinking beer and having a sandwich and smoking whatever and whoever's whatever. And next thing I know, we're on this damn road for four or five more hours. And the sun's up, and I, you know, finally get in. I have no idea where I'm going because I'm not going to camp because I can't camp because if I stop my car, people are just going to start setting up camp around my car. So I just have to keep driving. I don't know who to ask. I've been drinking all night long now. Now I'm inside the festival. It was in retrospect, an absolute nightmare, an absolute nightmare. But in the end, it was, uh, it was, it was a pretty cool story. And I finally get my car parked and I'm dragging a cooler across hundreds of acres. And I find the people that I'm meeting and I sleep for an hour or two. And then we just kind of do whatever we're doing for the day. And then that night, damn it. Neil Young was freaking incredible. And it was one of the most fun nights up until that point that I had ever had. And while in retrospect it was a disaster, it was so much fun. And I can start looking at so many different years. There was a year in 2009 when I, um, when the Coral Reefer Band, Jimmy Buffett's backing band, was scheduled for noon on a Saturday. And there was a rumor that Jimmy Buffett would actually be there. And most people didn't take the bait and didn't go and leave the campsite and go to see if he was. I took the bait. I got there. I saw Jimmy Buffett. I hate Jimmy Buffett. I loved that show. There was another year where I was hanging out um, in the media area and was about ready to go see somebody. It might have been Jason Isbell. I can't even remember. It was a show I couldn't wait to go see, and it said, coming up in like 20 minutes. I was with Mike Doerr from Rhythm and Brews and now Songbirds. Um, guitar museum in downtown Chattanooga who runs that and we're walking by and we see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is going to be in the media tent hanging out so well 
canceling today's plans. When do you ever think I'll be around Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ever again? There was 2008 when my band, my band played my festival, Pearl Jam, for the first time. And after Allman Brothers had to cancel, widespread panic filled in the next day. And for the first time, and in a time that I thought would never been possible ever, I got to see Pearl Jam and widespread panic and back-to-back days at my festival with some really incredible drugs. And uh, just don't tell anybody I said that. I'll whisper into the microphone. Incredible weekend. That was 2008. And then there was 2014 when I left the Elton John show as he closed down the festival on a Sunday night. And I went to the VIP section to hang out with a couple of friends of mine. Now, at this point, the festival's done. They've shut it down. And so they let me in the VIP because I didn't have VIP. I just had media. And because it's over, they don't care anymore. And so I sit in there and I'm drinking until like three in the morning, four in the morning, something stupid. And finally I realized I got to leave and go back to my campsite. I got to go home here in a little while. I got to get some sleep. And I head back to the main area to go back to the backstage where my camping was. And they wouldn't let me in. I said, this is entirely closed. You're not getting any closer than this. So you might as well just go somewhere else. And I was pretty inebriated for sure, but not bombed, gone, or belligerent on any stretch. And I started talking to a few different people, and then I started weighing my options. And I went to the area where I knew that was the best shot for me to get through meaning logistically and I went up to the guy and I said hey man here's the deal I have to get back to my campsite I have to leave here in a few hours and the only way I can get to my campsite from here without you letting me through here is to like go walk on the interstate and that's dangerous right can we we can all agree to that and this is a this is a problem for me right now And he says, I hear you, and I'm sorry, and I can't do anything for you. And so I said, all right, no problem. Well, then I'm going to hang out here with you the rest of the night. (laughs) And I don't think he believed me at first. And so I sat down up against the fence right next to him as he stood by his area that he had to stay the security of probably till the morning. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I told you, I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere to go. I'm going to sit here with you for the rest of the night. So where are you from? How you doing, man? What, how old are you? What are you into? What, 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 what's your deal? You know, it was a little bit of a flippant, you know, obviously joke. And he's like, Ser- dude, seriously. I said, no, 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 seriously. <laughs> I, can't, I have nowhere to go, man. Or you can jump on that radio and tell somebody that a media credentialed guy got locked out of his damn area and you'll let them and they'll I bet you say let them through and that's exactly what happened so that was uh, another one of those and the the stories could go on for days and days some of my favorite shows over the years Pearl Jam 2008 and 2016 Paul McCartney in 2013 it's hard to say it wasn't amazing I didn't care about it hardly because I don't care about Paul McCartney but everybody else did Mumford and Sons in 2011 Buffett as I mentioned earlier in 2009 Ben Harper and John Paul Jones in 2007. John Paul Jones was all over the farm. I don't know who he was playing with. 
that year. I don't know what variation of, of, of a band he was in. Of course, John Paul Jones from uh, Led Zeppelin. He played with Ben Harper. The When I saw him, it was awesome. That same year, 07, White Stripes. Only time I've ever seen the White Stripes. It was amazing. Jim Brewer, the comedian, in 2005. Greg Allman in 2011. Drive-By Truckers in 2005 and in 2014. I'm almost exhausted after that list. And I'm going to put the wraps on there, uh, right there, for the Stone On Air podcast. The internet-only ChattanoogaTalks.com segment coming up next. And uh, we'll do it again next week. I'll have some fallout from what happened at Bonnaroo. I'll do, uh, I'm not going to do a podcast while I'm there, but I will do some Facebook Live probably from the media compound and kind of showing you around the place. And uh, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. And I appreciate you guys being part of the show. This is um, a growing, growing, growing thing. And without your support, it would never be possible. Do not be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember. And as I mentioned, it's getting bigger and bigger. And I ask you to continue to watch this space as that happens. My name is Brian Stone, and we will talk to you guys again here soon. And on ChattanoogaTalks.com, one more segment coming up next. See ya. Bye.